Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, Sean Shute and Jack Harper. The matchup we'll be getting stuck into this week is 2006's Casino Royale against another film from 2006, Crank. As we continue our quest to determine the greatest action movie since 1990. How's everyone doing today? Very well, thanks mate. Yourself? Yeah, good mate, thank you. Yeah, tired, well. but you know, not one to complain. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Second day of work. Yeah. But we move. So we've got probably our biggest style clash so far. Um, Crank was Styles kind make of. Fights. Yeah, Crank was one of them where I don't believe Keener had seen it. We were putting the bracket together and. Essentially, we uh, we chuck this in as a bit of a curveball. Um, I will confess now, some things that I was looking forward to talking about are in Crank 2. So, did get a little bit confused there. But still, good little clash of styles here. Keenan, you're muted if uh, you were saying anything. But there we go. I wasn't. No. But, yeah. It's, hey, you, if, if you have your WrestleMania card, you don't put the likes of Edge, Christian, the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. If you had 11 matches like that, it wouldn't be entertaining. You need things to mix it up a bit. <laughs> this is what we've got. This is like the bra and panties match, just to <laughs> slow things down a bit. <laughs> so, Casino Royale is the place to start. Hopefully Sean's done his homework and has some hypotheticals for us because uh, I've not done his homework for him today. So there we go. I haven't got any for this one. I couldn't really think of any. I couldn't think of any last week either. We gave you a whole segment and you've let us down here. But we did have some last week. Sean, I'm not over us coming on for Point Break and you asking how long could you last if you were an undercover agent? <laughs> yeah, how long could well, you last? Well, if we were undercover agents... I'd assume we kill last undercover. But that's beside the point. Casino Royale. Synopsis. After earning 00 status and a license to kill, secret agent James Bond sets out on his first mission as 007. Bond must defeat a private, bank, a private banker funding terrorists in a high-stakes game of poker at Casino Royale in Montenegro. This takes me back, Casino Royale. Did everyone see this at the cinema? Yeah. A great year as well. The year of Torsten Frings. (laughs) I was really thinking of Torsten Frings as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this this was one of them. I think we spoke about The Dark Knight being one of them in that it was really a a cinema moment in that Seemingly everyone was seeing it, despite the fact I didn't see the Dark Knight in the cinema. Yeah, I think you're right as well. <clears throat> and 
it kind of comes away from the Piers Brosnan James Bonds a little bit. You can tell from like the opening scene that it's completely different to <clears throat> the kind of the feel good Piers Brosnan is a bit more gritty. Well, every bit of press leading into this film was using words like gritty and just kept saying it takes it back to the books and everyone was also repeating that despite 99% of us not having read the books. We were just repeating, you know, it's going to go back to the books here. (laughs) So I've got critics reviews for us and we'll go from there. In all the Bond movies, this is the most emotional and personal Bond adventure I've ever seen. Casino Royale is not only the best of all time Bond movie, but also one of the strongest vehicles in the action genre we've seen since the beginning of the century. Big words. It's only a six year space there. So that does sound a lot better when you put it like that. In Daniel Craig, the producers found a suitably tarnished and brutal icon for this new iteration of Bond. Casino Royale is exactly what the franchise needs to keep in the game against the borns and mission impossibles of the world. I like that. Like They're a sports team in the market. They've had to go out and get a Daniel Craig to keep up with Jason Bourne. (laughs) Why see yet another James Bond movie? Because Casino Royale, Martin Campbell's rewiring of the series, is a real movie and not just a James Bond movie. Much like the superhero thing that we have for the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah it's probably true though, isn't it? It is a good analogy. They're both both quite similar. Um, unlike recent Bonds, whose kills had no more weight than the one-liners that generally accompanied them, Craig's tend to be intimate, bloody and devoid of glamour. Keeping one of you awake here. Um, Casino Royale mostly succeeds in the introduction to a badder Bond than ever. When when Craig's Bond finally donned a tuxedo and checks himself in a mirror, it's like watching Darth Vader first put on the helmet, a neo-iconic sight. Yeah, I agree with that. I liked it. Like I said, going back to the the Brosnan franchise... It was almost like, I don't know, like a, a banker walking around that kills people. And the deaths didn't hold any weight going back to the one before either. It was kind of like, pulls the trigger and that's that. It was a typical evil villain that he's got to, like, overcome. Whereas this makes it more real world. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely did well. Um, every era gets the James Bond it deserves. Ours gets a Bond who's strong and forceful, but also reckless and arrogant, who blunders into tricky situations in third world countries and makes a bloody mess of things. Political. Yeah. <laughs> when you strip the 007 films down for action and realism, you lose the soul of those old beloved Bond movies. You haven't sold it to that Bond fan. No, not at all. It's neither, an, it's neither an exciting thriller nor an interesting study in character, and there is no memorable iconic moment featuring Bond, his baddies, or his beauties that you take home from the cinema and that stays with you. I completely disagree with that. That, <laughs> that is, who gets paid to write drivel like that? 
<laughs> well, the next one. The man with the license to kill has become the man with the license to bore. Honestly, these people should have their journalist license bricked up in front of them. This is a bond with great body, but no soul. And finally, I reserve judgment until after watching, but I just can't get on board with a blonde bond. There was a big thing about this, wasn't there? That bond shouldn't be blonde. We should probably have known uh, the way people react to the Idris Elba links when you go back to a blonde bond being there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. People have got that image of what Bond should look like. And usually it's Sean Connery. <laughs> um, obviously, going with a blonde bond shocks people for some wild reason. It's not even that blonde either. It's more like dirty blonde, as they'd say. Mm. You're not looking at him as any less of James Bond because he's got slightly fairer hair. I think it's such a, a specific mould that spans so many different decades that when you break it even slightly, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> well, I've got plenty of trivia, so as always, feel free to jump in, cut me off, that kind of thing. So. Daniel Craig initially rejected the part of James Bond as he felt that the series had settled into a standard formula. He changed his mind when he read the finished script. I'm not sure Daniel I'm not sure Daniel Craig should be uh turning his nose up at being Bond. No. I guess as well though, his performance in Layer Cake kind of you knew that he had a specific kind of film that he wanted to be. He didn't want to be <laughs> it's like even then. You you do layer cake. That doesn't that doesn't put you in the position to be turning your nose up at the new Bond film. No, definitely not. But at the same time, maybe he didn't want to go that way. But then he then also accepted the role of Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, I don't really Rough know. Film. Yeah, I don't In the shower scene, Vesper was originally scripted to be wearing nothing but her underwear. Daniel Craig argued that Vesper would not have stopped to take her clothes off. And the scene was changed. Screwed over the boys. <laughs> Kudos <laughs> for the chivalry. I mean, that is that is James Bond. I don't think he's method acting. Um, but yeah, he's robbed us all. I did kind of take the point, though, when he said it, that it did make a lot of sense, given their character. Yeah. The way Bond orders his first vodka martini is lifted directly from the Ian Fleming novels. So there you go. It's not just an oddly specific uh, way they've written it down. Um, but I've always, when watching when watching it, it just remind me that I really want to order that drink. <laughs> if any of us said that to a barman, they would just tell you to do one. <laughs> Imagine going into I mean, you could get it in a certain type of bar. Obviously, you couldn't go into a spoons and ask for it, but <laughs> in a certain type of high class bar, I reckon you might be able to do it. For Daniel Craig's now iconic scene where he rises after the sea in a pair of speedos, many of the crew were out of camera range in boats, fending off the paparazzi. Hard life. Please. <laughs> To prepare for the role, Daniel Craig read all of Ian Fleming's novels and talked with Mossad and British Secret Service agents who had served as advisors on Munich 2005. Some of these are far more interesting kind of uh, 
preparation than others. Yeah. Was it Dakota Fanning learning Spanish and Daniel Craig is chatting to ex Secret Service guys? The car barrel roll stunt by the Aston Martin broke the world record for the most barrel rolls assisted by a cannon. Originally, um, the racing specs meant that a standard ramp wouldn't work and they would only get the one roll out of it. So they put a massive air powered cannon behind the driver's seat that would allow the car to be blasted and do seven full rolls, which is how it uh, entered the Guinness Book of Records. That's one of the ones I actually knew. And there was like a documentary on YouTube about how they did it and they, all of that. Um, in one afternoon shooting, three Aston Martin DBS cars valued at 300,000 each were destroyed for the car roll. Jesus. <laughs> that is more money than cents. Yeah. Daniel Craig became the first actor to be nominated for a BAFTA for playing James Bond. Uh, sorry I was just going to say I think that shows how good this film was it wasn't just <laughs> kind of cheap not cheap James Bond because that does disservice cause to the Pierce Brosnan kind of legacy but it's just so completely different it's- I think this was my favourite bit of the week so um, producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson didn't secure the rights to Casino Royale until the year 2000 when Sony exchanged them in a swap deal MGM's rights to Spider-Man so you've had a James Bond Spider-Man swap in the, in the Hollywood world to get you both of these films it's like Mkhitaryan and uh... <laughs> that's disrespectful well, we certainly didn't get Casino Royale and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man out of uh, the Alexis Sanchez Mkhitaryan deal no he didn't this is more like uh, Ibrahimovic Samuelettu yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig lost his two front teeth while filming a fight scene in Prague. Um, the first action scene to be shot, and his dentist had to fly from London to replace them. There you go. Okay. I wonder if Keenan's still there. He's been awfully quiet today. Fireworks are just popping up everywhere, mate. So I don't <laughs> want to ruin the pod. I'm still about. Um. This is the first movie in 44 years of James Bond where it rains. What? Really? I mean, it's hard to believe, but you've got to take what they say. Unless you can suddenly think of another one where it rains. Mine's about my brains. You might be right. You see what you mean, Keenan? Fuck you, mate. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'll, I'll just be on mute until I got something to say. I can't do anything else. Um, product placement was deliberately scaled back following the criticism levelled at Die Another Day, which earned itself the nickname Buy Another Day. There is still quite a lot in here. They zoom in on the watch, they zoom in on the laptop, they do the close with the text messages and the laptop emails. There's Sony Vio, isn't there? He- yeah. Heineken was a big one in this as well. <laughs> They made a deal with they made a deal with Heineken and it was massive because you only really see him drink martinis and suddenly he's just knocking back a couple of Heineken. Well, funny enough, because I used to work for Heineken, we had a conference. Um, I think it was like a Christmas conference, and they renewed the James Bond like contract with Heineken. And he sent he like recorded this special message from the new film, um, 
thanking Heineken and hope we have a good rest of the year and stuff like that. It's really weird. It's not one of those things, though, like when your football team announces, like, the official lemonade of Manchester City. It doesn't mean anything to anyone other than the brand putting it on, like, their website. But James Bond knocking back a Heineken is uh, what got him through, obviously. It's crazy as well, because you've got the one with Bollinger, haven't they, as well? It's like the only champagne served in Japan film is Bollinger. You would think if he's had like a rough a rough day, he's been killing people. Heineken probably does fit much more than that martini that he goes out and orders. Him depressingly sitting there with a Heineken. Yeah. That's the thing, it's seen as like the depressive drink, isn't it, Lager? Yeah. Just sat there swilling on your own. Um the climatic Venice sinking scene took three weeks of filming with an average of nine hours a day. Um, according to Martin Campbell, Henry Cavill was the only other actor in serious contention for the role of James Bond, but a 22 years old was considered too young. He's actually back in contention, isn't it? It's between him, Tom Hardy, I think Killian Murphy's being mentioned. Um. I don't know who you'd want as the new James Bond. Well, I mean, there's there's loads that were considered for this because, I mean, we'll get there, but originally they were going to hold out for Piers Brosnan, so they were going to go down a similar path, which makes sense when you see um, George Clooney was reportedly considered for the role of Bond taking over from Piers Brosnan. Wow. He turned it down saying that uh, his English accent wasn't good enough. That would have been an absolute horror show. <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. Hey, he was part of the best James. He was part of the best Batman. He could have been part of the <laughs> best uh, Bond as well. Trust me, I'm a I'm a Clooney fan, but <laughs> I wanted to try and butcher an English accent just to be Bond. Um, while in the Miami airport, there is a call for flight 007. Uh, Angelina Jolie, Naomi Watts, Scarlett Johansson, and Charlize Theron were strongly considered for the part of Vesper Lind. Glad it wasn't any of them, really. Yeah, same. You can see Scarlett Johansson doing it, you know. But maybe you don't want more star power than Daniel Craig in his first Bond film. Yeah, I think it changes the dynamic of it a bit. Um, Q does not appear in this movie. The last time this happened was in Live and Let Die in 1973, which was Roger Moore's debut as Bond although it is possible that the unnamed MI6 technician who plants a tracking device in Bond is, if not the current Q, at least someone who works with him. Is there, was there any explanation for that? Is there anything further on that? Or? He's never, no. in, never in London, is he? Is he in London? Like, actually at sure. headquarters in that film? I don't uh, know. No, so he's in M's flat, isn't he? But that's about yeah, it. Yes. It just wasn't a way of crowbarring him in, I guess. No. Um, the Texas Hold'em games include a game where Bond has the best possible start in hand with an ace-ace, and a game where Le Chief has the worst possible start in hand with a 2-7 offsuit. There we go. In my memory when watching it, I thought in the last scene, I thought he has a royal flush to win. Um, but obviously he doesn't, does he? It's a different straight. kind of straight. It's a straight flush, but yeah, a different kind of one. Yeah, that threw me. Um, 
Pierce Brosnan was initially asked back by the producers for this movie after them record-breaking success of Die Another Day. However, after seeing the Bourne identity and other contemporary spy movies raise the bar on realism and physicality, in addition to Pierce's agent reportedly demanding $30 million plus royalties for Brosnan to return as Bond, they reconsidered hiring him, opting to cast a younger, more virile Daniel Craig. So this is like... You're getting football here. This is like Dybala's, uh, what was it? Image, <laughs> Image rights. rights, yeah. <laughs> Piers Brosnan's agent asking for too much dough. Um, during 2004, Quentin Tarantino had suggested that he would be making a version of Casino Royale with Piers Brosnan. Reportedly, Tarantino and Brosnan spoke publicly about this proposed project. When Brosnan was not rehired as Bond, Despite not having the job, Tarantino publicly berated the producers and refused to have anything to do with the project. So, <laughs> de- declined a job he didn't have. But they do. there has been confirmation that they were in talks. Um, and when he was in talks, you'd be surpri- surprised to hear, um, he wanted Samuel L. Jackson as Felix and mm-hmm. Uma Thurman as Vespa Lind. <laughs> He's got his favourites, that's for sure. The Harry Redknapp with uh, <laughs> Gene Crancher. <laughs> yeah. um, Stephen Obano was based on terrorist Joseph Coney. I can see that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, we got some more casting. What ifs? Kira Knightley auditioned to play Vespa Lind. Coney. But the studio prefers an older actress. <laughs> Eva Longoria auditioned for the role of Vespa Lind, but was considered too Latin, which you'd think they'd know beforehand. Before <laughs> <laughs> auditioning it. Um, this is the first James Bond movie since Goldeneye, not to be released in the same year as an Austin Powers movie. Wow. Um, as Bond enters the airport, Richard Branson can be seen going through a security checkpoint. There's there's rumours that he paid a disgraceful amount for that and the producers essentially that's why he's only in it for a split second because they weren't happy about the deal being done. Yeah, you would though. If you had that kind of money and the opportunity to be in a Bond film, you would just think, fuck it, even if it's for a second. Imagine um, watching that at home with like your family. <laughs> get ready, get re- there it is. <laughs> uh, the scene where a sheath tortures Bond is taken directly from the novel. However, the scene leaves out the part where Lashif cuts Bond's back so he bleeds on the floor and rats are released in a feeding frenzy underneath the chair. Jesus. Gets dark in those books. Yeah, it's um, I, the, I don't know how they've got such light-hearted films then in the other ones. Well, that, 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 was, that scene was considered quite a big thing at the time. Like There were warnings about it in all sorts. Yeah. I remember. I, I guess as well, because if you're used to James Bond being a 12A, is this still a 12A? When they yeah. Play? So, Piers it Brosnan, would have probably been criminal for the money they'd spent to try and make back if yeah. it was anything but a 12. That's true. And then you kind of take your kids to it, don't you? And then the Piers Brosnan ones, you, he never gets hurt. It's never a hair out of place on that wonderfully combed head of his. Whereas... In this one, this is the first one where you really see Bond get beaten up, and you really see him get get roughed up a little bit. 
then you kind of think you don't really know what you've let yourself in for and you sat down as a, with a young family and you've got the sheaf just whacking <laughs> James Bond's nuts with a fucking bald string it's like how do you explain that to your little children who you brought to see James Bond well despite the fact that he's torturing him to try and get the password he's whacked him four times before he even asks for it yeah <laughs> let him know there that's what it is just <laughs> let him know he's there that's another thing as well, because in, in the previous Bond film, uh, the one with Elliot Carver, is it Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough? It's one of the two. Um, they send this like interrogator to Bond and it's like got the worst German accent ever. And he's like, <laughs> Mr. Bond, I am here to interrogate you. And it's like, my sheep is like, fucking no messing about. Get your balls out. <laughs> You're going to get fucked here. <laughs> None of, um, this, none of this cutesy crap. Uh, the producers did not like the final scene in the novel, and it was too melodramatic and opted for a more cinematic finale. This involved changes Vesper's death scene. In the novel, she committed suicide via a sleeping pill overdose. And instead, they spent nine weeks sinking an entire building. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> glad they did. Um this is the first James Bond movie where he failed in all of his mission objectives. The chief died without revealing any information on his network. MI6's money was lost to a terrorist organisation and Vesper died without revealing anything. I guess that's what made it great, though, and it kind of added to the series because all the, the Craig Bond films have all been linked in some way. It's the first time that's really happened, isn't it? Yeah. Where the, the other films are kind of standalone missions he's just destroyed like an entire <laughs> like island in fucking Goldeneye and then he's like right what's the next job what, what have I got next week they tried that with the Avengers didn't they <laughs> so, yeah. but they tried weirdly holding them accountable for crashing an island in like destroying New York City like entirely <laughs> it's like oh no we'll just forget about that let's save the world again um and finally, when Bond wins the poker match, he casually slides a red chip to the dealer as a tip. That chip would be worth 500000 Oh, He won, like, an obscene amount. I can't remember how much it was. It's like hundreds of millions. Yeah, it's like 113 million or something like that. Yeah. As you would, wouldn't you? I daydream in my car when I'm driving around of if I won the lottery, the Euro millions is that that is, what I would do with it and, like, who I'd give it to first. I do that despite not doing the lottery. So. Same. I don't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never brought myself to do it. I think I've done it once or twice. And I get that email saying, you have won. And I fucking, my heart just went through my ass. And I opened it up and it was like £2.67. I was like, fuck. So if we go through the categories. So rewatchability. This is two hours, 22 minutes long. How rewatchable do you think it is? I reckon I could rewatch this every two weeks if I wanted to. I fucking love this film. <laughs> like, love it. No, I, I can rewatch it quite easily as well. Like, I really enjoy it. So, even though it is, it doesn't feel like it's too long. Like, no, because like, a good barometer is what, when it gets to the airport chase scene, and like you're about, what, an hour in, and you've still got like an hour and a half left, and you think, fucking hell, how. How much action is in this to like not make it boring and keep you completely entertained for the yeah. whole 
Yeah, Vesper isn't in it until uh, 53 minutes in. Mm. I actually forgot about the... I completely forgot about the last kind of scene, the, the, the Venice scene. I thought it was just... It kind of ends with the, the torture bit and then that's the end of it. Um, so I forgot about all that part, but I still didn't feel like I was struggling to get through that last half hour after I thought it was going to end. I think it's so dynamic as well, isn't it, where you've got so many different settings... You got Venice, got like could work casino where is, got America, Miami, you've got the Bahamas, like it's just that airport scene was filmed in seven different airports, and I don't know why. What really? Yeah, it was filmed across seven different airports. Amazing. I think the second time watching, and I don't think this takes away from the rewatchability, it's almost one of them, like the meme of uh, Leo pointing at the screen. Yeah. It does seem incredibly obvious that he's being played the second time around. Yeah, it does. But I guess that kind of adds to it. Even just why is he making her put the why's he making her put the pin in the machine for a start? And then just the rest of it when they're just on the beach and she's just kind of looking away every so often and mm. they do definitely fireworks ramble me for for the purpose of the rewatch i assume do kind of give the big wink at the camera like how could you not see this coming yeah that's true i'm not sure about bond being as erratic as he is and then resigning with a nice email (laughs) 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 i'm also not sure about where he's getting his internet at that point He's James Bond. Think of the gadgets he's got. He doesn't have any gadgets in this one. No, that's Apart true. from the thing in the car that he's got a defibrillator he can't use. Who set that up without it being plugged in for a start? <laughs> because you would assume if you're drawing for that defibrillator, you're in quite urgent need, so you wouldn't expect it to be able to put it together like a set connects. I'm kind of glad they got rid of the gadgets, though, because in all the other Bond films, yeah, yeah. they give him like such a specific gadget that always <laughs> comes up when you need it. Like in Die Another Day, it's that ring that can break glass, and he's got like four guns on him, and he's like, oh yeah, I can break this glass, I'm fine. Or like the watch in Goldeneye, where everyone knows what the watch is. And Every, that- every spy film for about five years had a watch had some like mythical watch like if i'm capturing a spy if i'm an evil genius the first thing that i'm going to take on is his watch i'll probably take his watch off him before i take his gun off him that's another thing they did with the uh advertising wasn't it by <laughs> quite quite obviously specifying the type of watch it is and he pronounces it wrong though what watch is it is it it's not an... he says, it says... He says, "Oh, he says it's, uh, it's it's an Omega, but he says it he says it wrong." And I had it written down, and it was a thing. No, he like literally he like puts a letter wrong. He might say like Omega or I something like Omega. that. He says Omega. So, I remember reading like while the film was on because I thought it sounded weird. Mm. Um, Keenan, what do you think for uh, rewatchability here? Yeah, with me two minutes, mate. Sorry, tonight is not not going well for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with the boys, but I do really like James Bond, so I could stick any of them on at any given time and just be happy. 
you know, I did think after speaking to you and Jack, the enthusiasm levels were certainly there. Yeah, yeah 100%. But I agree with you could just... Yeah, I probably could watch this probably once every fortnight. And I like on a rotate on a rotation with all of them and just be happy. I hadn't seen it for quite a while, but I think no, I, they, actually, they did yeah, well. Neither did I. They did well to not make it too overly complicated. The only thing is, as much as it is kind of the serious James Bond, where it's not supposed to be kind of blown up to another proportion. The poker hands are all like incredibly mental, aren't they? Like, I I feel like, especially that last one. I'm like I'm a poker fan. Like I'll play it and I know the real big. I went. Oh wow! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Blow it up. Uh, I didn't realise it was that bad. The way yeah. you were. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like four different. Keenan's setting different them off displays. in his garden. <laughs> Mario Balotelli mate they're coming out in the bathroom in about five um, but yeah just I'm no poker complete expert but I don't know if that's like when we watch a football scene in a film where no matter how, how you do the football scene it always looks shit I don't know if there's any like professional po- poker players that are suddenly thinking well that wouldn't have happened that definitely well, I think the round is from the someone... only one really isn't it it's phenomenal. Um, from someone who has played a lot of hours of poker in their life, if if you were to do it normally, it, it would get very stale to watch quite quickly. Because mm. how many times can you watch him and even heads up watch him and Lashif bet yeah. or go or go go bet bet raise free bet get to yeah. a flop bet fold and they're you, very short sharp hands, especially when you are playing heads up. Because yeah. so you you have to sort of have to make everything. The, t- the top of everything the top of everyone's range and be like look this is where we are yeah just for the interest like i watch i i am happy to admit that i'm sad enough that i will watch i watch poker tournaments fairly yeah. often um but you have to you have to watch it you have to really enjoy it to sit and watch it for a long period of time i guess how, that's how they do it isn't it because they kind of like cut and they come back and then the dealer will say just as a recap this is what's going on yeah um, I guess that's how they make it watchable, but still keep it like this is a proper match. You're just joining at different parts. How how long is the, are they playing poker for if Judd Apatow is directing? It's probably <laughs> 40%, 40% of the film. <laughs> <laughs> You've got just 20 minutes of uh, them just folding. Yeah. Just like the same, just about four shit one-liners. <laughs> Well, Keenan, that's a perfect lead-in because we'll go on to the quotes. Okay. Who wants to kick us off? My favourite one was when he's been poisoned and obviously he comes back and he says, he just says, I'm sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. After <laughs> that's like just so... like The Piers Brosnan one-liners are just kind of... You watch them back and they're so cheesy by it, whereas that is just cool. It's just cool. <laughs> The cool saying, fucking great. Yeah. Now the whole world's gonna know you died it to my balls. Yeah, that's my favourite one. Oh, that's, that's me, by the way. <laughs> um, the job's done and the bitch is dead. Why is he? Why is he gotta be like that? <laughs> he is a bitch. 
I think that's what's brilliant about this Bond, isn't it? It's the fact that you can see why it becomes just a cold-hearted, womanizing killer. Because it opens his heart to Vesper, gets fucked over, and he's like, right, fuck this. I'm just going to shag everyone and kill everyone. And that's going to be what I'm going to be about from now on. I am still alive, if anyone was wondering after that. What was that? Fireworks, they're two doors down from me, going absolutely mental. (laughs) <laughs> dread to think how much they've spent or maybe this bloke that Troy's referenced on a previous podcast just been doing the rounds again yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the scene where um, where she says there are, dinner, there are dinner jackets and then there are dinner jackets this is the latter and he's like it's tailored you know, size you up from the moment we met well, I've yeah, got... I like that but at the same time there's no way that they can tailor a jacket <laughs> like, that'd be another one like is that actually possible yeah can you do that <laughs> some questions. you can see quite easily how he could have kept like a dress in his bag where was she keeping this massive suit jacket because he hardly has any luggage but yeah. M saying you don't trust anyone do you he says no and she says that you've learned your lesson it's such an insta bird little meme quote <laughs> or one where there would be that cartoon picture of him, Scarface with the dollars in his hands, with yeah. the like curly writing saying, You don't trust anyone, you learnt your lesson. <laughs> no, exactly. And there'll be someone who's well, just lost a five pound bet to their mate or something that he's not played, that he's not paid, and they're just chucking that up on Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I thought of a, a hypothetical as well. Was like, how many uh, how many swings of that rope in the torture room would you take until you spoke? Well, man, I don't think I'd have to swing it. No, <laughs> the room the room is enough for me. I'd be like, do you no, think? What, what do you want to know? Let's let's talk. I think it would take a minute to clock what's going on here, and then the second he like wheels it back, <laughs> you just had to say, "Hang on," <laughs> and that's brilliant as well because. That quote where he just goes, um, where you think he's going to break. He's going, I've got a little itch down there. Would you mind? <laughs> yeah. Any more quotes before we uh, continue? One of my favourite ones is, am I going to have a problem with you, Mr Bond? No, don't worry, you're not my type. What, smart? Single. Yeah. Well, I was... Uh, Chauvinistic pig. Yeah. Dagger he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about best moment slash scene? I mean, there's so many. I think well, I'll save one because one's my most creative um, use of a weapon. But I think that after the whole chaos of the Miami chase scene, when he thinks he's got him with the bomb. And he sets it off and he's actually bonding the melee is kind of tagged it onto the bad guy he just blows himself up that's brilliant i think mine would be um him losing his uh, the first big hand yeah where he thinks he's worked out the bluff and he's been double crossed yeah mainly so- just because james bond should win that hand and obviously this is the new Bond. This is the Bond from the books. Yeah. I guess as well, because Casino Royale is meant to be the first ever Bond, wasn't it? I think yeah. They originally did it 
as a comedy or something like that, really like back in the day. And Keenan was telling me about this yesterday. Yeah. So this, the originally, they made Doctor No first, which is the sixth book, because they couldn't get the rights to Casino Royale. Right. Um, Casino Royale, they did make as a spoof uh, with David Niven in it, which is the guy that Ian Fleming wanted to play. um, Excuse me, they wanted to play James Bond. No way. Yeah, um, but they didn't didn't get that. Albert Broccoli, the original one of the original producers, really liked Connery, and basically, there's a story that he was in a film in like 1959 and basically knocked out his co-star's boyfriend yeah. um, in an argument over some. Sean Connery ended up laying him out, and they were like, "Yeah, this kid, this kid's got something," and that's <laughs> what that, that, that's where it came from. Show business. Um, that is yeah. show back it back in the day. So I've had three pages of trivia, and then Keenan's come up with something more interesting. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. The trivia might not be more interesting, but I would suggest my ability to tell a story is. <laughs> but yeah, <Hey>. so <laughs> obviously it being the first one, you can see him making his mistakes, learning his lesson. That's... Just to say, um, sorry, I'm going to probably do this about three times and pull it back, but I seem to have like 40 seconds or a minute. <laughs> not, not, not being in Beirut for an evening. Um, <laughs> so the bit about what I like about um, the quotes with Emma, where she says <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, it's the first sound that came to mind um, about M it's a weird one as well with the changing bond and the changing theme how she changes as well because she's reasonably light eyed in the Pierce Brosnan ones and yeah. she's supposed to be the same character but however many years younger where Bond's supposed to be younger and then she just switches out of one film and be like oh yeah go and do this to being a proper bitch so they, yeah, do, they, but they do set it up quite well they were going to replace her, and then the director essentially just wanted to work with Judy Dench, and so he just said he'd make her sigh a bit more, and that would do it. <laughs> Fair, you get it. if you see an opportunity, you take it, don't you? And when Dench was a thing, <laughs> I was wearing my Dench T-shirt for five aside. God Almighty, I'm glad that died to death. Stay Dench or get frimpong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look how look how well that worked out for one of them. It was an upgrade from uh, the unbelievable Techers t-shirt I once wore for Five Aside. Yeah, you uh, are. Soccer a... was at its pomp. Yeah, you are a joke to be fair. And you were listening te- to Rizzle Kicks. Some Techers are good. Some Techers are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sean should have given us the big follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I got in when I got in because I didn't want to be expected <laughs> to do that. Um, I think for me obviously the ones that the airport scene is that I've I've got that down Um, the last poker scene which obviously then leads into the chase I do do quite like the um, the first chase scene as well so when it's when they're in that um, snake when they're at that snake fight and then they like run through the building free runner yeah and then the bloke uh, putting um, a finger to his ear what's he playing at what Bloke putting the finger to his ear that essentially rumbles there oh, yeah, being undercover yeah. to begin with. Yeah, that reminded me of you, that bit. Oh, please, that's like the equivalent of um, trying to take a slider picture and leaving the flash on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack, have you listened to last week's podcast, dare I ask? I haven't had the chance, no. Wow, wow. Um, I was, I was going to say that Keenan and Sean revealed last week that at separate interviews they'd been asked um, what if they had to if they were a soup 
or a biscuit, what soup or biscuit would they be? And I didn't know if I'm the only person that's missed out on these or if you'd no, had that before also. I always asked what vegetable, what's my favourite vegetable? <laughs> Which I think I replied potato because it goes under the radar, but it's an absolutely everything. Chips, mashed potato, like crisps. So Sorry, how are potatoes going under the radar? Because <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't think, like, you, if someone said, what's your favourite veg, you wouldn't think potato, would you, surely? That's not, that's not the first thing we're jumping to, but it's a utility food. This is like <laughs> the equivalent of, uh, say, in Belgium, we're dark horse. <laughs> I think I can kind of understand where he's coming from, from the sense of, like, where do you think, like, peas, yeah. carrots, parsnips? You don't, yeah. you probably wouldn't think potato. You never just go, oh, I really fancy a potato. But, oh, but you, what? There are plenty you, of you, Irish that did. Uh, hey, come on now. <laughs> um, but have you ever really said I really fancy some peas, though? Do you know what I mean? No one's no one's ever said that in their life. I mean, how do you know I could? I have. <laughs> Byron, come on now, you and Veg. Like a smashing I have. When I when I when I was a kid, um, my mum used to offer me sweets, and I used to want peas and sweet corn instead. I explained so much about you. <laughs> Green giant. <laughs> Great adverts they were. <laughs> one of the best adverts of all time they really were essentially just a phase of chucking northern kids in adverts and just hoping <laughs> it, it went bit, TV viral a bit of northern but what charm, happened do you? to the Frosties kid not what everyone said yeah but I brought this up on a podcast once and I'm pretty sure Jack was on the podcast and nobody had heard of the myth with the Frosties kid and it was what? mental where he, he chucked himself in yeah, but they yeah. didn't even recognise that they're going to taste great advert when I mentioned it. Oh, fucking I, I, Me and TK sat there in disbelief. No, it was a, it was on all the time. It, it, yeah. Poor kid, they're making him skip and sing. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I can hear the sound of Frosty sitting my plate. Why was it on a plate? <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, true. There are people that eat cereal on a plate. It's amazing. Um, and we're best. Back. Who we yeah, who we giving best side character to? Mathis for me. Um, I suppose it has to be. I with Mathis as well. I don't understand how he. I know he jumped to a conclusion, but then he found out that Vespa was actually the one leaking the information, and he still said, "No, nah, torture Mathis. Let's just crack on." Um, well, it could have been that it was two bad eggs. I suppose, yeah. I guess at that point, he's not, he is really trusting absolutely nobody. So. I just find it's funny that like, they then become friends in the film after that, don't they, in Quantum? So. He's forgiving character. Yeah, nice guy, old Mathis. Um, you count Emma's a side character? Who's a side character, sorry? Emma. Yeah, or Felix as well. Got a bit of dench in your life. Did like Felix. I like the fact that he had like a pal waiting in the wings. Because Felix is in other films as well, isn't he? Yeah, but it's like the first time you've seen him in ages. Yeah. Um, Especially in the Brosnan ones. I don't think you've seen him in those. If we go on to Crank and then we'll come back for... I was going to say, just before we go, isn't the... Isn't the poker dealer in the first game the one that's in Austin Powers? Yeah. 
it's it's a legit poker dealer, so I oh. don't know. All right, maybe not. I thought yeah, she he, was. He, the, he, I was getting mixed up with the. I she looks like the woman with the the hair in Austin Powers, the one with the like curl. They, they said one of well, at least when I read the trivia that that was like a legit dealer oh, from right. the club. Can't be her then. Um, if we go on to crank them, so from what I gather from the brief conversations I've had with each of you, um, not so much mixed feelings as negative feelings to, <laughs> towards this film. Yeah, it's just an absolute casserole of nonsense. <laughs> Jack throat. did say that he likes his films more serious, and I did have to point out that he spent about four years of school quoting Team America. <laughs> I, I, like, I like my comedies like in a separate section whereas this it was it was kind of neither it wasn't like it was just mayhem like, <laughs> I found my mind drifting a little bit because I was just like oh, he's just fucking, I think okay, we I think it went a bit over your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah a bit lowbrow for me I think once you'd seen the first two minutes you should have got the morphine back out and gone I need to enjoy this properly <laughs> yeah. Leverkusen are winning Keenan thank you <laughs> um, synopsis professional assassin Chev Chelios best, best name in the bracket Chev Chelios I think Ricky Verona is the better name no Chev Chelios has learns his rival has injected him with a poison that will kill him if his heart rate drops <laughs> Like, that's his first mistake. I mean, if you're supposed to be this bad guy and you're like, like you don't inject someone that's like, right, you have to be really fucking mental or you die. Because <laughs> you're kind of inviting pressure. It's like sitting back when you're one Well, up. to be fair, he was a long way away and he wanted to see him uh, suffer. Again, though, you could have injected him with something that made him shit himself until he died. That he would suffer more doing that. Well... That wouldn't have been a great film to watch. <laughs> no, that's true. I just love how they keep referring to it as uh, this Beijing shit. <laughs> this Beijing shit, wherever it is. China critics, shit. critics' reviews, I think, will sum up their thoughts quite well. Um, <laughs> the biggest problem with Crank is it's full of ugly characters who make it hard to have a rooting interest. It's trashy, gory gratuitous, ridiculous, completely far-fetched, and I had a smile on my face the entire time. Sure, Crank is totally ridiculous, unbelievable, exhausting, and pretty much just plain stupid, but that's what makes it fun. Assaults the senses tirelessly with wave after wave of momentum-building intensity, with Jason Statham enjoying his best role since The Transporter. You might just want to catch a matinee or wait for the DVD. This is definitely not worth your 10 bucks. Some of the directing touches are fun, but the Grand Theft Auto Overdrive wears thin quick. Yeah. It's a promising concept, but instead of expanding effort on, say, a coherent script, the filmmakers lazily rely on cheap editing tricks and gleefully relentless sadism. A cheerfully lunatic slice of B-movie heaven. Leave it alone or leave your brain and pocket change at the gate. Strap yourself in and just enjoy the ride. An instant cult classic, pure hardcore movie making backed by an inane plot 
unrelated action, and zero pretensions. <laughs> a movie for hooligans, and do we really want to encourage them? <laughs> and this is a turn your brain off and enjoy the ride type thing, and as such, it works brilliantly. And that sums it up quite nicely. You don't yeah. need to take it too seriously. I mean, everyone I've spoken to about this so far does seem quite perplexed that uh, there can be a crank too. I, I just feel the ending where he's fallen at least 16,000 feet to the ground, hit the ground, and there's a crank too. And he's told and They probably me, didn't plan for a crank too, then it did well, and it was like, all right, well, it's completely ridiculous the first time. It's, yeah, I suppose. But, no one really cares here if we just... He was farted down the mic. (laughs) I think we know who it's going to have been because there was no fireworks in the background for a start. (laughs) And there's only one other person I know that would fart down the mic and has now put themselves on mute, probably as he goes to check himself. (laughs) This has been a travesty of a pod, it really has. Oh, no. Um, Um, But yeah, he would be just merely a red stain upon the paper. God's sake. (laughs) Classic Keenan. (laughs) Shoot, that was hard coming for me like this. (laughs) I'm still here, mate. Um... So for those for those that don't know, Crank Two, the concept is essentially um, one of the gangsters go, goes to his body, um, takes his heart out, and replaces it with um, another um, artificial <laughs> robotic heart, another <laughs> artificial robotic heart that he again has to keep beating at a certain speed for him to survive. I don't think a heart is doing it. Like his entire body would just be liquid. From that fall, he'd need, he, he'd, need, he'd need a new everything. Well, you didn't see him jump right before he hit the ground. Right, that could have happened, yeah. If he was going down on a bit of bridge, <laughs> he found some bridge like halfway down the jump. <laughs> um, if we go on to the trivia, then so Jason Statham did all of his own fight and car stunts in the restaurant scene where Jason Statham was explaining to Amy Smart what he did, her hiccups were genuine. That's pretty cool. In the public sex scene, all the non-actors' reactions to the scene were real. Jason Statham initially had reservations about accepting the role of Chev Chelios, mainly due to him not believing himself to be particularly funny. In response to this, directors Brian Taylor and Mark Neveldean told him to simply play it straight and just let the dialogue be funny. Going back to the public sex scene, (laughs) I was thinking... You know, like if you're a girl and you kind of get this like part in this movie, your parents are going to want to watch it. They're going to want to watch it no matter what. If they're like supporting parents, how do you, how would you go about breaking this to them? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, clearly this they happened. weren't too unhappy because she does it again in Crank Two, on a um, horse racing track while horses jump over them. Was at the size of what the horse has been blessed with. Wow. 
So, Crank 2 High Voltage is one for you to watch. Um, I don't think Harper's going to be watching that. <laughs> don't think so. Brian Taylor stated on the How Did This Get Made podcast that Nicolas Cage was approached to play Chev Chelios. However, he was unable to accept the role due to scheduling conflicts. Imagine that. Did you also like Pedro being in this, Jack? Yes, I did. I, I knew it was him. I was <laughs> like, took a double take and I had to Google it and I was like, I knew it was them. But yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy that bit. And then uh, Chester Bennington is the man in the hospital pharmacy that tells Chev about the nasal spray. Chester yeah. Bennington, uh, one of the lead singers in Lincoln Park, who's no longer with us. So, that is your trivia. Um, Good place to start, Jack. How yeah. rewatchable do you think this is? <laughs> like, I'm never rewatching it. I don't wow. think. Will you watch Crank 2? I think I might, just to see how... On the morphine. Yeah, I think, I think I'll have to bit, do a bit of morphine and then uh, have some more surgery. And then <laughs> to be fair, we've got lockdown, so I've got fuck all else to do. I might yeah. Keenan, what do you reckon? I won't be watching it again. <laughs> Will you be watching Crank 2? I've seen Crank 2. Oh, did you prefer it to Crank 1? I did not. <laughs> what, you prefer Crank 1? <laughs> He's just surrendered it. He's just surrendered himself. Yeah. That is mad. <laughs> Two seconds. What? I'm sure that he's not setting these off and this is one elaborate prank. What is no. this? When, he's, when you say two sex, what, what's your remedy for this? <laughs> Where are you going? No, it's just getting worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, hold on. <clears throat> I'll just have to shake. Um, no, I won't watch either of them again there. I did say to you number one's average. Um, and number two the, the... less than. They fit into those late night um, categories you have on Netflix. Yeah, those categories are fucking hell, this is awful. Um, are just full of shite. Easy watchability. Sean, rewatchability? Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of sympathise with what you're saying a bit. It's, it is. It does fall in the bracket of those ITV2 movies, but still. Well, Sean, I... we used to go through the Netflix ones strictly for those god awful late night yeah, well, comedies. Was ironic. That was we were watching them ironically though. For for this, I like I, even then, if I saw it on ITV two and I was scrolling, I'm still not hundred percent sure whether I would stick it on. Like it is, you can watch it in the background. It's okay, but I'm not going to rewatch it again. The only reason I've watched it is because of this pod. There's no way I'd have rewatched it again. You still flick through watching episodes of Sex Etcetera at night. <laughs> replays <laughs> throw back to that though that was a good time the kids don't know about that no all right um quotes then so even there's probably the one that likes it the most on here i don't have too many quotes um and certainly not many that we can say so <laughs> um what do you mean you, you can't don't say well, there's a lot of slurs in this film, Sean. Yeah, we're uh, age-appropriate podcasts. 
Yeah, racial so, slurs. Yeah, racial slurs. Yeah, one of my, yeah one of my favourite ones does um, include a racial slur. So, so why would it be a favourite? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been tight since your brother fucked you in third grade. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that is a good one. You have yourself a nice death. I thought it was quite. Nice. Uh, I liked it. I got... Where he's, um, there's a white N-word with a gun up in here. Just the way he said it. <laughs> I got a little meth in there too, so that's the endorphins you feel run into your brain. He says, "Wait a minute, so I'm not better." He says, "Fuck, no, you're not better. You're in such shit shape. It's stunning. I can't believe your heart's still beating." <laughs> it's when he shouts Al Qaeda at the taxi driver, <laughs> throws him into that crowd of people and they just attack him that was pretty good when he hears uh, Orlando Bloom's voice coming from the Asian man in the lift yeah it's Orlando and he's like you persistent motherfucker Chev Chelios I'll give you that they <laughs> pop you and you just keep getting up he said I'm the Terminator <laughs> you're saying this is medicinal use coke is that what you're saying <laughs> that annoyed me as well because just it just annoyed me. But, he's um, dying. He, he can't. He can't be um, making himself some <laughs> how, some perfect slugs. How did this film get in the bracket? Well, Sean, you were invited to be part of the selection process and decided not to be. So there's <laughs> part question, one. Like, how the, did they actually the, get it? Part two. We we had a core of probably about twenty five films, and then. We had a pool of which to select we the remaining five or six. Wouldn't it have been good to put the transporter in? That's what I said. No. We could discuss. Because we've seen, we've got so many like that in this, so this was just a bit of a... A difference yeah, maker. Yeah. Fair point. True. This, is, this was basically one for Byron. And even then, I thought I was picking Crank 2, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not to say I didn't enjoy it so yeah, I just tuned in and I was like hang on I don't remember this bit being in here um, yeah, I think that's all I have uh, you think I've got to see you next Tuesday written on my forehead was one I was going to let someone else say it for effect yeah, like using cool. that language and I think that's all I have unless anyone has any more for any more no. no, not really. No. Well, actually, the cab driver's defence as he tries to say, I love America, I love Bush, as he's getting <laughs> attacked. Um, best moment slash scene? I like when he's on the Merc bike. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Got some cool pictures from that as well. Yeah. Sean, yours was um, in Chinatown. <laughs> Amy Smart was a dime back then. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. By- Byron recently highlighted to me the aging process. Don't be saying that because I've asked her to be on the pod. Never. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. Uh, I think mine would be the hospital scene when he first goes in there and has to get the injections. I do like the showdown at the end with uh, the helicopter. No, just them turning around and seeing uh, the gang behind 
who they're literally in completely open space. Like they haven't just stepped <laughs> yeah. out of somewhere. <laughs> they've been looking the whole time down there and they've gone, oh my God. Did you expect them to be far away or like with a sniper rifle or something? Hey, that's what makes this film great. Or no, at least a six out of ten late by comedy. Um, Keenan, what's your best moment slash scene? I do like the fight and do like the fight in the helicopter that's followed by the fall. Um, because you talk of late night comedy, Sean, the bit that makes me laugh the most is just at the end where he's he's alright. Just fell out of it. Just just fallen like that, but he's all good. They do actually show you his heart is still beating at the end of it. So I know. You had two two you two heart heartbeats. I turned um, it off after the credits, but did, have you ever watched the credits? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it turns into like a video game type of yeah, game. Yeah, like yeah. five seconds. Oh, okay, I got I got to the end last night and I thought, well, that's enough of that, so I fucked it off. <laughs> um, best side character. You've got Amy Smart or Pedro, basically. Yeah, I was going to go with Pedro. Ooh, interesting. I think that's just my loyalty to Napoleon Dynamite shining through. Um, I'll go for Amy Smart here. Yeah, probably or the Amy doc. Smart. Big Doc Miles. Him getting his massage. Amy I'm Smart. I'm under attack again. Talk among yourselves. <laughs> Is this what it sounds like for you when they're going off? Yeah. No, yours is slightly different. Oh. Your pirates does sound like actual gunfire, like he is under attack. Though. Yeah. Yours is it's like, like it's like they're lighting about a hundred at a time, and then just doing a runner, <laughs> and then just letting them all ping off. Like I said, WrestleMania closing ceremony. If we go on to the categories, then because I do think we've got a close one here. <laughs> um, I'll go to you first, Jack. Which did you prefer, James Bond? Did anyone prefer Crank? No. No. Are you done? Did you prefer... Rewatch? <laughs> I prefer Casino Royale. Yeah. <laughs> no blind loyalty from me. Um, rewatchability. You've got one hour, 24 minutes of Crank compared to two hours, 22 of Casino Royale. I don't mean I don't mean to exaggerate, but I would watch I would rather watch Casino Royale back to back. Would you rather watch Crank or Shaun of the Dead? Shaun of the Dead. Jesus, Shaun of the Dead is brilliant. No, Jack, yeah, but you it's didn't not. hear he he literally just muted himself on that podcast. He said he didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> if I if I speak, I'm in trouble. Every, everyone gets really excited about our film. It's so overrated. <laughs> John, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it to myself. So how do you put that ahead of Crank? Because I never want to watch Crank again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so damn disrespectful. Oh, just, oh, You'd be glad to know um, Rangers have just conceded after being 3-1 up to be 3-3 in stoppage time. No, they haven't. Yeah, they have. Fucking brilliant. Go on, Benfica. Doesn't matter if um, Celtic come out to get them 4 0 by fucking Slavia Prague. Does anyone think Crank, Crank is more rewatchable? No. No. Um, 
I would rather watch Rangers than watch Crank. That's a good game, this. Um, no, I just mean in general. Best quote. James. Uh, see there for half of me is that I've got an itch down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually yeah. know that the whole world's going to know that you died itching my balls. Keenan? Uh, best quote. It just goes to it does go to Casino Royale, mate. Just a, a, anything. I do quite like the bit where he's like, "Yeah, job's done." The bitch is dead. Like that cold edge to Bond. Jack. Yeah, Bond. I'm sorry that last time nearly killed me. That one's mine. Yeah, I'd go for the same. Best moment slash scene. Casino Royale. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular scene? The torture, the torture scene, or the poker, or the poker game. Yeah, the, yeah, the last same. the last poker, last poker game. Mine's the monkey, um, airport chase, or the chase at the start where he goes into the embassy at the end. Mine's the first uh, poker, poker hand. Um, MVP. James Bond. Now, well. Going by Sean's criteria, I'm not so sure. Because <laughs> James Bond not has more help. James Bond has more help than uh, Big Man Chev. It's not Chev Chelios. <laughs> it's it's Chev Chelios. It's not. <laughs> he, gets zero, he gets zero. Tell ratings. him, Sean. <laughs> I mean, um, I take what you're saying, but I'm still going James Bond. Wow. <laughs> is so disrespectful most menacing villain Le Chief Le Chief also my answer didn't see him go come with a Beijing cocktail <laughs> best side character uh, well I've got Mathis for Casino Royale Yeah, same. Keenan? Yeah, it's the same. I assume you've got Amy Smart. It doesn't really matter what I've gone for here, does it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for the integrity, what did you go for? I went for um, Vesper. I was okay. kind of classing her as a main character. No, I went for yeah, same. You went Amy Smart, didn't you? I didn't. I was going off the cuff, so I once uh, you three had answered, <laughs> I okay. figured I probably wouldn't need to give one. Okay, fair um, enough. Action per minute. <clears throat> See, Don't one of you say it. It's tough because action. It's not tough. Action <laughs> that I paid attention to would be James Bond. Action, action per minute. It is crank. It's, it's crank because it's over half the runtime. <laughs> I was going to ask the point. That's quite it. literally is. He's 30 seconds in, he's being sworn at by a video cassette and then sprinting out of uh, a room. So we've got action from the get-go. Uh, yeah, I go crank as well. I can see what Jack's saying, though. On-screen kill count. Have you got this for us? I've been trying to find it and... It's been a struggle because not many people have seen Crank. 
<laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> actually, didn't... actually, we've got 29 kills in Crank. And we have 54 in Casino Royale. Crikey. Wow. That's, not, that's not the way you thought that was going to go, was it? Well, I, was just, I, didn't, <laughs> it was not, I didn't really it know how either one went. So you've got, i got a breakdown here. Right, they've counted animated deaths here. You've got two in the intro, 10 in the title sequence, five in the Madagascar chase, six in the embassy, 15 in body worlds, four in the airport, one on the beach, two in the hotel, three in the torture room, and six in the Venice chase. Fair play. I'm not having 10 in the title sequence, but it didn't make a difference there. <laughs> no. I, I mean, for, for the record, I, I did say I preferred Casino Royale and I thought it was more rewatchable here. So. <laughs> and why are, you, why, are you being so, why are you being so angsty about the, the so-called disrespect? Because I thought at least someone would appreciate a bit of mindless action. <laughs> Most creative use of weaponry. So I've got crank for this with the uh, the sewing machine. Yeah, that's why. Well, I've that, got the sliced off hand and then shooting him with his gun in the severed hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, can I get away with this sink in James Bond where he drowns him in a sink? It's like shallow enough just for his. You could. I'm not sure how creative it is. Creative to an extent, I suppose. But... Yeah, but yeah, sewing machine or the uh, hand. If you had to present that as your school homework and it was about creative, you wouldn't get top marks for drowning in the sink. Yes, yeah, C minus for that, wouldn't you? Best soundtrack. Bond. Some Chris Cornell in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that wasn't actually included in the movie soundtrack? it released but obviously is the official soundtrack so i don't know why that was but it's the only one it's the only title song to not be included in the official soundtrack Hmm. how strange originality we haven't voted yet well everyone said soundtrack and no one objected to the James Bond and Chris Cornell being the best soundtrack <laughs> originality think... sorry go on shoot I was going to say I didn't think I didn't think Keenan voted and he would I but I mean I I partly put Crank down for the Shadow of the Eyes song so I actually put Crank down for this one oh I gave it Casino Royale same originality Crank it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it has to be, yeah. Uh... <laughs> what do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> I don't really want to give this category to it, but <laughs> yeah. I haven't really got any choice. Exactly. You think it's a remake of a one a novel into another film called Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard not to, I guess. This one's tough, actually. Um, bigger impact. <laughs> <laughs> don't even need to say for that one. Could you just want to... You You've been insisting us? on voting every time, so <laughs> go on. Let's have your answer. Casino Royale. Yes, okay. sir. 
Yeah, it is. I'll, every time I see a bigger impact, I will never get over South Park versus Four Lions and Sean saying, I mean, obviously worldwide, South Park, but I think I'm going to give it to Four Lions because like, the impact and then didn't really go anywhere. Oh dear, because <laughs> the um, Ken, you're misquoting me here. You misquote me with the. Uh, I'm not because you're about, if you're well, about to say said, if you're about to last, how long would you last undercover? I said like how if far you're would you about go? to say the, what were you going to say then? Finish your said. impact sentence because if you're going to say the impact in England, yeah, that's what you're going to say. The impact in the UK, the cultural impact. You think the the impact of Four Lions in the UK was bigger than the impact of the South Park movie? The cultural impact came a cult figure, a cult film. Crikey. Which film had the better ending? Casino Royale. Yeah. Yep. It's Crank. But <laughs> it's not. We've already he should established. Be, he should be marked down for the way he says the bitch is dead. Like a little spoiled bratty is saying that. Uh, that fall, I know it is genuinely, when his heart starts beating, he might as well just wink at the camera and rub his, <laughs> hands, to, rub his hands together. It's an absolute, it's, oh, it's a joke. Um, and chemistry. Casino Royale. Yeah. You don't think that Jason Statham made me smart chemistry? Nope. So you that you can't you can't have given it no. to that surely. No, That's but fine. if you if you search the film, um there's a story from the body double of Amy Smart in this film who explains her experience filming that scene in Chinatown. And she says uh she was feeling a bit nervous and then Jason Statham in his uh Husky British accent says, uh, it's all right, you're in safe hands, love. And he said, she said, I just felt so much better after that. <laughs> and then she said uh, she was approached again for the sequel, but she was pregnant at the time. And she said she's never been so gutted. So her unborn child is on the way, but she's gutted that she can't <laughs> film another sex scene with Jason Statham. So uh, is it uh, like a bullfight in arena in the second one? Huh? No, um, it's a horse racing track. Oh, OK. What film is it? If someone gets rattled whilst the ball's fighting. Can't remember. I'm not sure. He gets no. busted by the police, rubbing himself at an old woman here, and then takes uh, his bird onto the horse racing track. Hmm. Anyone going crank for chemistry before I uh, tally up the scores? Nope. No. No. Nope. 12-3. Respectable. <laughs> Oh, it's a massacre. Fourteen one would have been fair. The closest so far had been uh, the the biggest margin so far had been three. So yeah, this was always going to be a bit of a whitewash, wasn't it? Yep. Born identity against Kingsman next week. Ooh, that'll be fun. So we've just got our other categories to go through quickly um, if the fireworks don't get Keenan first good chance to say as I just fill this in that 
unsure of the exact date, it'll either be the last week of November or first week of December, that we will be taking a short break from our action bracket to bring you the best ever Christmas film for those over the age of 10. So, all for adults. We haven't quite figured the word in yet. It'll be a Christmas film bracket, basically, but don't expect to see something like Miracle on 34th Street or anything like that, or the Polar Express. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, what I do. But we're still agreeing on the final films for that, and uh, we're going to start, obviously, so there we go. Real star of the film for Casino Royale, it's got to be uh, Daniel, Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig, hasn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. And crank Jason Statham. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get a decent... I wonder if we'll get a little bit of controversy in the real star in a lot of these. It's a bit different to the comedy. There's a lot less... Well, we, we had with The Fugitive last week where we were saying about where it was Tommy Lee or Harrison Ford. Yeah, that one's not quite controversial, though, is it? That's just like the, the widely accepted opinion of anyone who's seen it. Let's see how we go. Hmm. I think The Hunchback's the real star of 300. <laughs> um, recasting one role. I'll take George Clooney as uh, James Bond. I really wouldn't. I just wouldn't want to see it. It would actually um, be a horror um, show, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, just as a as a note, because um, I know we've mentioned the villain, obviously, but Le Chief kind of has all of the makings of just being a cool villain, doesn't he? The, yeah. the bleeding from the eye tops it off. Um, in in the books, he's described as being like horrifically ugly. Mm. And then they've gone for Mads Mikkelsen, who's kind of widely renowned as being there. He's a silver fox, he's any old chat. He's got that dangerous look about him. Mm. And the bleeding from the eye was um, his idea. And it is also um, a real medical condition. So, hmm. I was thinking uh, possibly Michael Shannon as the chief. Yeah, that's nice. I don't mind that. Mr. Go Green. On. Who? Oh, that's Michael Shannon. He played Mr. Green in the night before. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with, uh, bat me up there and he, he didn't. No. <laughs> Going back to 06, do you think Jude Law can pull off Bond? <laughs> Chicks love Jude Law. Jude Law. Uh, I reckon he probably could. I don't know if he's got that, that edge to him. I think he, he, if you get Jude Law, you get a Piers Brosnan-esque Bond again. I think if we yeah. go to 2020, we've got a competition between uh, you and Jack here as to who could um, pull off James Bond. I'm not even sure what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I assume you're just talking about wanking him off. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was watching a video. <laughs> I was watching a video about someone making a ravioli donut. <laughs> um, a ravioli donut? Yeah, so it looks quite interesting, to be fair. <laughs> this pod has been a disaster. Oh mate, <laughs> they're normally they're normally decent quality, but he's fireworks have absolutely murdered me from the jump. Well, we have fireworks in Sean's house as well, and it's not even displayed near him. 
Can't believe you're blaming that on me. That was clearly Keenan. Oh, I've been muted for literally 75 percent of this podcast, mate. <laughs> you missed it when it was just me and Keenan on it. He had the perfect Looney Tunes firework right, yeah, before the bomb goes off. <laughs> Unfortunately, then it just turned to the guards a strip run by Keenan once the pod started. Yeah, well, it's the way my it's the way my estate's built, it's just a perfect square. So, like every. No matter there's fireworks in all four corners, so I just you just can't get rid of them. You and your neighbours just pinging fireworks at each other. <laughs> yeah, and the worst ones. I live opposite a park, and the fucking idiots who just go over the park and yeah, set them off. They right, just yeah. seem they just buy like the biggest ones you can, and then they just go on forever. Any other recasting suggestions? No, none for me. None for me. Keenan, you you want to see Anna Hathaway as a Bond girl? Oh, fucking yes, 100%. <laughs> you, take, Again, you, take, you take Kira Knightley over, that, over uh, Anna Hathaway? No chance. I did. No. Like, I you don't know, know our history. I don't want to know your history with, fucking <laughs> with, with, with any, any celeb- female celebrity. Mate. <laughs> That's a harrowing could a, story. Could be a trivia, <laughs> that, but I'll save it for another day. Okay. I did have another comical recasting that I would like to have seen Jim Carrey. It's not David Spade again, is it? (laughs) It's Jim Carrey as either Bond or as Chaz. Crikey. That would be an interesting mix-up. I was told to watch a David Spade film the other day that I've never seen, and it seems to be one of them that has terrible ratings but a cult following. That's Joe Dirt, but I've never (laughs) seen it. Me, Joe Dirt. But it's meant to be sensational. <laughs> it's all right. I don't think I've seen a David Spade film that is just featured David Spade. He's always been like an add-on. Joda is him as the the lead. Nice. It's got a me- it's got a meta score of twenty. Oh wow! And the tagline is trailer trash, wig wearing, acid wash, jean loving, rock concert, t-shirt sporting hero. <laughs> That yeah. well. Joe Dirt tells the story of his journey to find his parents. Mm, pretty much. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Who knows? Uh, ah, okay. If you had to add Tom Cruise or The Rock to each movie, which would you choose? Gonna be uh, Tom Cruise in Tom Cruise. Casino Royale, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The rocking crank it does seem like a genuinely like film that The Rock would do. Yeah. It does. It also pair would pair him and Statham again. People yeah. seem to like that. Um, and as a Rex Ryan Hall of Fame inductee, we have. No, I'm going to finish my sentence. No, I don't know where you're going. With I don't know who you're on about. Chester Bennington, the man in the hospital pharmacy that tells Chev about the nasal spray. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you referenced that, but I didn't know that was him when I was watching it. Yep. There you go. I think I should probably bring this podcast to an end and we just we go again next week. Yeah. Can this, <laughs> this, this, could just be the, this could just be like the lost tapes. Just sack, <laughs> just sack this off. And then we'll just we'll go, we'll go. Hopefully, a bit quieter. My end next week, so I can try and play. Some, fucking still going on, so I can try and play some form of active part in the pod. 
popped up to say it was like Beirut ran by you and for Sean to blame a fart on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm here for the comedy. I'm here for the comical moments, mate. That's about it. I haven't really got any sen- anything sensible to say. <laughs> well, actually, just well, I asked about. Um... So we've had Mad Max, Crank, Shaun of the Dead that you strongly critiqued. Yep. And you did say that you'd rather watch some Magnolia Dry than rewatch Mad Max. Yep. If you put those three films and the Magnolia up, does the Magnolia <laughs> take the W? Very interesting point. Um, I, I genuinely, I, I think Mad Max edges out Crank. What is the good or bad? I would probably no. I take that back. Actually, the more as I form the sentence, Mad Max, I genuinely do not believe I'll, I will ever watch ever again in my life. There is also an extra hour on Mad Max as well. Yeah, Crank. I think if if I was with someone and they were like, "Yeah, do you, oh, we'll watch this just doing fuck all," I pro you could probably convince me. Shaun of the Dead, I think, would actually be the one I'm most likely to rewatch. Well, yeah, I'm surprised at that, but as I formulate as I formulated the idea, that's probably true. Well, I think that draws us to an end. As I said, the Born Identity against Kingsman next week. So. Two more uh, serious contenders, shall we say, that to potentially uh, go the distance. So, thanks again for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye.